Hello and welcome to Behind the Bible with Pastor Liz. This week we're going to be talking about Advent. Now I know some of you are screaming already at me and saying, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> it's not, you're right, it's not Thanksgiving yet. But, and you're right, it's not Thanksgiving yet. And so you are welcome to wait until after Thanksgiving to watch this video. But today we're going to talk about the history of Advent because in some traditions, Advent has already begun. Now, Advent is a historical picture. It's one of the oldest seasons of celebration in the church calendar. There's Lent, which is probably the oldest Lent and Easter, but right after that was Advent. There was a monk in the fifth century whose name was St. Martin, and he declared there should be a feast before Christmas, a preparatory feast similar to Lent. And so it sort of got the nickname in the early church as the Lent of St. Martin. And the idea is that it's a preparatory period. It's a time for you to prepare your heart for God and for the coming of Jesus, that it was a serious enough time, that it was a, a, a significant period of time to mark. And so in order to do that, we fast. We take time to prepare our hearts for the magnificence of what's to come. Now, Advent is different from Lent in that the fasting and the waiting and the preparation that we undertake during Advent is not supposed to be solemn. It's not a, a fasting of repentance. It is a period of hopeful waiting. It is a period where we look forward to the good news, that we look forward to something that reminds us that there is hope and light in the world and that we don't need to despair. Fasting is always something Christians have done in order to focus their hearts and their minds on the things of God. The idea being that if you set aside the the worries of the world, the, the distractions of the world, and yes, including food, then all you have to think about is God. Now, fasting for food has never worked for me. I've always just been really hungry. But <laughs> for some people, it really works. But it is... It is in either way a time, a special time marked aside. Now, I told you in some traditions, Advent has already begun, and that's true. If you are a Roman Catholic, then Advent begins after the Feast of St. Martin's, which was November 11th this year. And so you've already had two weeks of Advent preparation. Now, in a lot of churches, Advent is, is set aside with a special color, a little liturgical color. Purple is traditionally the period of fasting. Anytime we fast, then we use purple liturgical colors, but the Lutheran church and, uh, requires blue, as, which symbolizes a different kind of waiting, a different kind of preparation. It symbolizes hope. And Methodists and Presbyterians say, you can use whichever one you want, whatever fits with your local color, your local tradition. But either way, it's set aside by a special liturgical color of either purple or blue. And churches often have other things that they put up, other things that are set aside just for the Advent time. Most famous, perhaps, is the Advent wreath. Now, at our church, the Advent wreath is, is big. It's a fairly big thing, and it has five candles in it, which is traditional. Ours has three purple candles and one pink candle, but it doesn't have to be that way. Some churches use blue candles and some churches use red candles. Some churches only use purple candles. It's all up to your local tradition. And honestly, it doesn't 
carry that much theological weight. It's just something, another marker that helps us to set aside Advent, to have special things for the day. Now in every tradition, there are also different themes for each Sunday. There are always four Sundays in Advent. Sometimes one time Christmas Eve fell on the fourth Sunday of Advent and it was a big thing. <laughs> do we have Sunday worship or do we just have Christmas Eve? But there is always four Sundays in Advent. And in the Roman Catholic Church, the four Sundays have a special theme. They have the first Sunday is always a prophet looking forward to the, the coming of Christ. The second Sunday is a reading about John the Baptist who prepares the way of the Lord in the wilderness. The third Sunday is called Guadet Sunday, and it means uh, it means joy. And this is another reading about John the Baptist, usually, and also one associated with the joy of the coming Savior. And then the fourth Sunday is a gospel reading about the events leading directly up to the birth of Jesus. In some traditions, you'll find different readings for each Sunday. Every year somebody asks me, what's the order of the candles? Because we can never remember like faith, hope, love, and joy, which order it goes in. And the truth is it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're just ways to help us mark the important themes of the season. And so if you do hope and then joy and then faith and then love, and that's out of order, I'm here to tell you that's okay. <laughs> Some churches do different words. They do faithfulness or they do, uh, they do expectation or hope or, different words, uh, but they're all just ways for us to mark the important themes of the season to make sure that we're preparing ourselves properly for God. And then lastly, there is special Advent music. Now, the special Advent music is a controversial thing in churches. Some pastors say no Christmas music, no Christmas songs until after Christmas. And it's only Advent. It's only Advent songs. It's only waiting songs until until Christmas time. But the problem is there's a lot more Christmas hymns than there are Advent hymns. So you do sort of run out of options. Some pastors say, whatever, we're gonna sing the songs that we like, as long as they fit the theme and as long as they're Christmas themed or Advent themed, then that's okay. Either way, the season is set aside by special music, special songs, much like in the secular world, we have Christmas songs that play on the radio when you go into a store at a shop or a turn on the radio, they, they speckle in those songs that make you aware that it is the time for the season. All of this stuff, almost all of this stuff, a lot of this stuff is up to your local tradition. None of it was sent down from heaven as a declared thing from God. They're just all helpful things. They're all things and ways and traditions that help us to remember that Advent is a special season. It's a time for preparation and waiting. It's a time for setting aside the things of God. And so we do have to keep in mind that the season is not about all of the things that we do to be busy. It's not about all the things that we buy. It's not about being harried and fragile and um, upset because you can't do all the things that need to be done and all of those things. None of those things are are essential to the season. I promise you that your kids will remember the time spent with family 3,000 times more than they will remember the gifts that you give them or all of the Christmas events you took them to. 
I promise that over the long term, the things that will be special to you, that will hold a place in your heart, are the things that allow you to remember the hope of the season. A lot of us carry around weight this time of year. There's been loss, there's been hurt, there's been separation, there's been brokenness all season, all year. And we bring that with us into the season. And we can't experience joy, many of us. The, the pressure to have joy, to feel joy, and to you know put on the silly sweaters and the shake the bells and do all of that stuff misses the point of the Advent season. Advent at its core is about acknowledging the darkness. It's about seeing the weight. It's about carrying the weight around, knowing that it's there and yet still expecting hope. Waiting for hope, waiting for a relief, a time when we don't feel that weight anymore. And so I invite you to take the time this season to breathe and maybe fast from the expectations that other people hold for you. Maybe fast from the traditions that bring you more sorrow and heartache than they do hopeful expectations. Maybe it's time to set aside some things that have been weighing you down all of this time. This is a time to set things aside, to prepare our hearts for God, to prepare our souls and our minds for the coming of Jesus. And we can't do that if we're burdened and carrying around weight. None of these traditions are part of the birth story. None of these traditions were handed down from God are required by God. None of these things will make your faith stronger or less strong. They're helpful reminders. They're joy-filled things. I love Christmas. I love Advent with its wreaths and its decorations and its lights and its trees and all of those things. But if it's not putting us in a place of hope, it's not putting us in a place where we can experience God's presence anew, then it's more of a burden than it is a blessing. And I give you official Pastor Liz permission to set those things aside, to do what you need to do for you. So fast this year, fast from the distractions and the weight and the burden, whatever's holding you in, holding you back from experiencing the hope of the season. God bless. There's a place I know for certain I will someday see